Welcome everybody to the fall line with KS and company. I'm Dave Caper and I'm here with my buddy, Angelo Ross. What's going on, Angelo? Just chilling, skiing in the rain today. Just, you skied in the rain today. Oh mm. man. Yeah, Where were you today? Home mountain, seven Springs. Yeah. Oh yeah. There was some postings from seven Springs showing some bumps with some leaves in on the yeah. bumps and yeah. a couple of bare spots, but uh, Mikey was saying they're still telling him, man, they're still going at it. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of skiing. There's a lot of snow. It's getting kind of rotten now. It's, you know, slushy and whatnot, but uh, still slide on it. And uh, still some skiing up here. It's going to be warm this weekend, man. Warm. So spring skiing is coming. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But, uh, well, we everybody's probably wondering what happened last week. And we had a little hiatus. It was, uh, it was a chaos and company vacation for a week, I think. I think they probably thought it was nice. <laughs> They're like, we don't have to listen to those guys this week. Thank <laughs> God. But uh, yeah, we got a little something for all you folks out there listed in this week. And uh, we're going to just chat a little bit. Kind of, we, we thought it'd be like a little barroom chat. Just Angela and I talking about some uh, educational stuff, some uh, our own thoughts and some of the conversations we have. We've had a little bit during the year. Um, and I was just going to start off by, you know, throwing a couple of Angela's way questions uh you know not all at once I'll, I'll try to throw them one at a time but you know how i am angela i usually have two and three part sometimes four part just to see if you're still paying attention that's how my answers are most of the time like <laughs> four answers and none of them answers the question yes <laughs> <laughs> so you know you you've done the classroom thing yeah you know, you've done the the public school thing in the classroom as everyone knows and yeah. i've done the on the hill and out there in the real world as my father Others, you know, would do it. The classroom is is when you're doing it. So if you're on the dozer or you're running the backhoe, whatever, it's like, okay, get on there. This lever does this lever does that. So everything's been very physical. But um, you know, as all of us have gone through the classroom, the educational thing through school, through our K through 12, many of us went farther on, uh, some more than others, like you. Um, and then when you're teaching there in that environment, um, what are some of the things that you did in your classroom environment to mm -hmm. make it a little more hands-on with the science thing? Were there some things you did other than just the lecture type thing to try to mm -hmm. give kids a different way of focusing on things? Yeah. I mean, I, I taught, I taught 20 years and I like taught general biology for the first 10. And that, that was, I was a new teacher and you know that's more of a traditional lab setting so i i think my first years there my first decade i was more what you would expect a science teacher to be setting up labs i i did do some field trips and some outside uh experiences during those years but the the curriculum was pretty much set and and most of the hands-on stuff was in the in the bio lab with beakers and whatnot um but i was pretty fortunate to teach in a district that was in a fairly rural spot so we could walk out the back door of the the building right by my room and across the parking lot and 100 yards through a soccer field into a patch of woods where the cross-country trail was and i set that there well there's maybe uh i don't know how long it was quarter mile uh loop through this little wooded section that I set up like an outdoor lab. So when uh, I shifted to the ecology curriculum about 10 years in for the second decade of my career, 
most of the hands-on work was outside. It, it was out there, you know. Um, we had a block schedule, so we did four classes a day, and they were 90 minutes each. Um, and you changed at the semester, so somewhere in January, you would get a new group of kids. But what that meant schedule-wise, there was like my fall groups, we could start with the outdoor lab experience, and then toward the end of the class, winter would come. Um, and then with my spring group, I'd get new kids in January. We'd start with the, the the classroom stuff and then finish the year out with the outdoor stuff. So it was cool because one one group of kids got to see what happens in the fall, you know, succession, that just the whole seasonal change and that kind of deal. And then the other half of the year, the kids got to see what happened in the spring as the year woke up. But yeah, I mean, it was more like letting the let nature do the teaching, you know, and that worked out for me just if if you back off of the lecture and and just set up the environment the classroom environment where kids can see processes through time they start to figure out you know how they're working yeah now now when did you start teaching skiing in that i mean you were teaching skiing for all of that or most of that right i oh i taught yeah i didn't get my i was older when i got my classroom teaching job yeah. i was um how old was i late 20s yeah. but i had been teaching skiing since 1990 so yeah. actually teaching skiing is what got me to you know be interested in being a classroom teacher because i was like you know i was one of those you know, it, a lot of people take seven years to finish school right yeah they're called doctors <laughs> I'd, you know i did the extended <laughs> undergraduate program and i was like a ne'er-do-well yeah. ski bum but like you know i finished my undergrad and um a bachelor's degree in biology doesn't really do much for you. You you kind of have to go on from there unless you want to be like a, you know, low level field scientist or whatever for the state, which I didn't want to do. And um, I had been teaching skiing for some years up to that point. I was like, well, I I can I can teach people things, so I'll just be a school teacher. That's how that happened. Oh. So um, when you're looking at teaching skiing and teaching in the classroom um how has each helped the other like um have you brought a lot from skiing into your classroom thought process wise of how kids learn mm -hmm. and also you know the other direction in which is it been even or and i can hear jake jake must be he's whining a little bit there isn't he jake he's just like, ate dinner he's like snoring down beside me <laughs> <laughs> yeah some folks at home just ignore that he's all right um <laughs> uh wow that's a really interesting question i never thought about the amount that each affected the other i i i i have often said that my classroom teaching benefited more from my ski instruction than vice versa right now i'm not so sure that's true i i'd be tempted to say it was about 50 50 but um i was always really impressed that the things that i would hear through PSIA, whatever manual was out at the time, whatever, you know, whatever version of the of the curriculum we were looking at. PSIA has always been pretty progressive in terms of looking at the whole student, multiple intelligences and, you know, Gardner and, and uh, Maslow and the whole whole gig. Um, and really, I thought PSIA always had an edge over public school because everything we do on the hill is physical there's just such an opportunity for it to be real and experiential and expeditionary and public school is always trying to 
catch up to what PSIA was doing. Not they weren't chasing PSIA in particular, but just the things that we are able to do as ski instructors. Uh, I think public ed could really benefit from that. The flip side, um, now looking at how my like how my ski teaching benefits from what I learned in public school. Um, I think I'm, I'm really willing to give up the reins, let the, you know, just the way I'd take kids out in the spring, for example, and let them, they'd pick a patch of land, you know, whatever, this many meters by this many meters, and they'd catalog species through time just to see what would bloom. And the, you know, the, here, here come these, these, this shrub layer before this understory layer and then here comes this understory layer and you start to see the the low canopy uh start to leaf out and whatnot and if you can create that setting where they have the opportunity to observe then nature becomes the teacher they don't need to read about it in a book they just saw it they just smelled the smells and, and saw the sights you know and uh so i'm not afraid to do that in ski teaching either just give it up and say try this activity or go ski that weird uh, double fall line pitch or go, you know, do half of your turns on that groomer and then do the other half in that manky stuff beside it. Just see what happens. What do you have to do to, you know, be good in each of those conditions? And then, then the, the, the conditions, the task, the, the ski hill becomes the teacher. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty willing to let, <laughs> I'm willing to let like nature do my work for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I wanted to ask you these questions because um, a lot of folks in our, in our membership, in all the disciplines, whether it's Alpine or Tele or Snowboard or Adaptive Program, um, they're, they're, they're studying to not just improve their physical performance, but to try to improve their, their teaching, their knowledge base, the technical performance of what they need to also transmit and then how to transmit that, how to connect with people and set up goals, um, all that. I mean, there's, there's a ton of parts. I mean, it's a ton of parts when we break it down. I mean, the learning connection model is kind of neat that it puts it, I think, in a, um, I hate to use the word simplistic, but it, it puts enough chunks together to cover everything, but not 4,000 pieces because you can look at those components and they're still parts we can talk about within them. We get into each word sometimes, especially in the skiing, you know, our alpine components. And uh, not just that discipline, but I know we do there a lot, but it's, um, I wanted to, I, I'm wondering if people are really studying and understanding the different modes they need to go into. Cause I, I completely go into a different mode of, inf of how I want to understand certain information when I'm trying to learn it, to be able to transmit it, to get somebody else to do it versus just me doing it on the hill. I mean, if I'm just doing it on the hill, I'm just going to go out there and give me a task and let me go play and see if I can get the outcome. And I'll play with a bunch of different movements. I'll take feedback in terms of, you know, maybe do this a little bit more, make your ski come around the corner slower. I mean, whatever it is. But when it comes to if I want to go out and, and work with a group or work with you on your skiing, it's, I have to be a lot more part oriented in my brain to understand the not just the outcome, but the the layers going to get there and, and what all the different body parts have to do and the different ways that I can describe it, um, kind of different ways I can get you to talk about it, to explain what you are. And I have to take that patience. So, but, so there's a lot of parts here. I just wondered 
if there's some ways, some thoughts, maybe we can encourage people to think about those things. I would like them to think them different, but um, what are your thoughts on that of, should they be, do you agree with, they should be thinking about when they want to transmit something versus when they want to physically do it? Well, to respond to your first part of that, I, and you talked <laughs> there was about, a lot there. Sorry. There was a, that sounded like one of mine. <laughs> Where the hell's the end of this thing? Um, it, I, there's a, I think it should be simplistic. I, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's a large part of me that thinks the fact that, that thinks the belief that you can actually teach something to somebody is avarice. Like we, it's almost an arrogance to think that it's even possible to teach somebody else something, you know, right. because the, the brain does what it does. It just, the brain is just turned on. It's just an information sponge. And so it's going to learn regardless of what's happening around it. It's learning nonstop. That's what it does. You know, and the, the role of a really great teacher, I think, is to get out of the way as much as possible, you know, but you, you mentioned the, like the people skills too. It's like, yeah, I, we, we have a diagram. It's terrific. I think the learning connection model is, is beautifully laid out. It's very simple. It does. You can dig deeper and we have to, we, we have to have that rubric approach to it because it's going to be a scorable item on the, in the exam process. But, on the surface really honestly like the the granddaddy idea with the people skills is being respectful of people period yourself and others period that's it that's all there is to it but right when you start to dig down through the layers yeah it gets a little more complicated because people are complicated um and in terms of like the second part of your question i think you were so what what you were getting at let me just reiterate so i because it was a lot sorry, there sorry i just i gotta there's all i'm trying to pick the spaghetti off the wall <laughs> my, like, my brain was just throwing it out there man damn it's like your brain vomited on my microphone was <laughs> <laughs> so what you were asking i think was when when do you give information like i'm assuming verbally or through a yeah. demo and when do you uh back off and let them learn on their own is that what you're getting at well yeah it's, well and getting at it and your thoughts on it because i mean for me i i tend to give not a lot right now when people are trying something just let it go happen and then they're like well they get it and i'm like they, they'll regurgitate to you exactly what they just did and i haven't been able to get my skis on that high and edge early in the turn mm -hmm. to be able i haven't felt that shaping i didn't feel like i had to really bang the end of the turn to slow down you know they're, they're saying all the things i'd love in a simplistic way of i'm able to shape the turn more now because i'm rolling the skis on the edge versus just twisting them sideways and slamming them mm -hmm. and then but they go well but what about where my my right knee is and what about did i have my ankles flexed enough I mean, because they go right to the part stuff, which I need to know that as the coach in terms of I want to be able to an analyze their skiing and know what's going on. And yeah, they're ski instructors also, but I think they have a hard time. Like I try to make sure when I personally am in the, the mode of physically training or I'm learning something to be able to understand it more in a um, technical standpoint to know how I can set up a task or how I can set up a learning environment. Mm -hmm. I think people get confused. I believe people get confused in that in their own learning and they mix it all together. And then they start 
they never get into a kinesthetic mode when they're trying to improve their own skiing riding performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think the way to do that is to just don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, like try try this. What watch me and try this or what ski down all of you ski down to that slow sign watch me come at you tell me what you saw so you do that and they tell you what they saw you say okay try that do what i did right and then they do what you did and say, so what do you think and if it's one thing ski instructors like to do it's talk <laughs> so yeah i don't think you're going to have a shortage of information but the, and i'm i'm yeah. joking a little bit but I think what it it requires is you you have to have a focal point and that's like, let's just say it's an activity. Let's just for the sake of naming one, let's just say it's lane changes and you do these lane changes and then allow conversation to happen. Just set up the situation where that's the focus. The activity is the focus. There, There are no answers forthcoming. Tell me what happened on your end as you're doing these things you know and then people i think people will give insights into what they need you know and but that's the beauty of backing off is it like if you have a group of six or whatever somebody's going to talk about turn shape somebody else is going to talk about edge angles somebody else is going to talk about their they felt it in their lateral oblique you know, and all of a sudden you have three or four very different roads you can go down. And then you, I mean, knowing you, you have vast knowledge and experience. You're going to be able to comment on each one of those things. And all of those people, everybody there benefits hearing all these different ideas. But the beauty of it is that none of it really came from you. You know, it's just like these folks commented on what their experience was and maybe you are able to provide some clarification or another activity that takes it one step farther for them like wow that turn shape felt really great and you're like oh cool try this thing now see what you think about this activity and they come in like wow that was great or no it was didn't do it what else you got you know but it opens up like these vast avenues if you back off, it's almost like the less you talk, the more you get to cover because you, you, you get better questions and, and more variety of questions throughout the day. You know, uh, a, I, I find that in it, it, that, um, as I pause here, cause it's looking for the right words. It's, um, people, want to um learn everything i think all at once which i don't blame them so would i (laughs) i did Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um i don't know it's interesting because because like when i I was out skiing this week on the weekend on sunday this week i've been transplanting and putting tags in and playing the dirt and then they tell me yesterday when i sent out a picture to the buddies like your fingers aren't dirty enough to be earned that beer (laughs) (laughs) i'll show you it's dirty enough but um i don't when i'm really just playing with my skin like you know say just doing a a sim 
um, a task, like, you know, people go, Oh, you're doing a task. Like, well, I come off the top of the hill and it's pretty flat for about a couple hundred yards till we start hitting downhill. I just play with some railroad tracks mm-hmm. and I'm just playing with the speed that I tip my feet. Um, not changing the speed down a hill because it's pretty gentle and it does you don't pick up a lot of speed. So you can stay somewhat at the same speed, but then play with tipping the feet, how fast the ski will react. Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking about every single body movement or every single thing. I'm just trying to sense when the side cut hit, hits in. Mm-hmm. And I think some folks are trying to like put every part in the right place. And then they try to coach every part because when we talked about it, you know, the legs have to change length, you know, things are working inside the boot, you're rolling the foot over and it works up the chain up into the leg and up into the femur, into the hip socket. And you don't want the belly button to go too far. Cause you're going slow. Then, I mean, all these stuff piles on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are great for movement analysis and me watching somebody. Cause like you said, five people will do that activity and they'll all do it different. So I need to know those things per se, if I want to get feedback or someone's struggling. And that's kind of my thing. I, I would hope people are able to start compartmentalizing a little bit in terms of their learning so that they can start to go, I need to dig deep here to understand, is this for my MA to be able to get information out? Is it, you know, cause, and so it isn't just an information dump of, okay, we're going to do railroad tracks here. You need to have your belly button here. You need to have your foot here. You need to do this with your feet. You got to change leg length. You got to roll them in. Don't twi- turn them. I mean, it becomes 20 things Yeah. when they well, might do 19 of those. Well, you're, you're talking about, I think I'm hearing two things. Like the, the first okay. part you're talking about your, you're doing, you are doing these railroad track turns where you're just focused on this one thing that's good science, right? I mean, you're, you're doing an experiment and you have one variable. So that's, that's the way science works. If you're trying to have 75 variables, you, your experiment blows up, you know? So yeah, right. Have, have one variable, think of one thing. Um, But the other piece of it where people want everything now, there's an impatience, you know, that there's a lot of forces at work there, you know, first of all, I sort of blame us. Like I, I think culturally <laughs> clinics and ski clinics and uh, are data dumps. And so when you, if you're new and you're just coming into the fold and you get, start going to these clinics with these senior members of your staff and every single one of them is a data dump, you just think that's how it should be. So that's what your expectation becomes. Then you go to a clinic with somebody who gives you one thing or, and then you're like, Oh, that, should I be disappointed in this? You know, I don't know. But, um, but another piece of that is, is more societal. It's like, we're, we, our society, we want everything at once. Like, you know, the, the, the 22 year old newly graduated undergrad with a squeaky new bachelor's degree and $75,000 worth of debt goes out and buys a Ferrari and a, quarter of a million dollar home, you know, like, cause they can't wait, they can't do the starter home and, and the, uh, the Ford focus uh, for a couple of years until the bills are paid. You gotta, you gotta have the Rolls Royce now, mm. you know, and that, that's, that's us, man. That's America. That's a lot. That's a, that's the, you know, that's the facade of America is that you get everything at once. And that's just not how, stuff works for most people like there are some fortunate ones who are born with every they're born with everything they didn't earn it but here's here kid here's everything here infant here's a mansion and a yacht but 
most people have to earn, you know, and it's the same thing with learning. It just takes time. It just, yeah. it's a, there's a measurable rate of, 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 you know, the measurable rate of mastery. There's a, a measurable rate of how fast nerve cells grow and how fast the, they, the connections form between them as you learn new skills. Like it, it, there's a time element that's real. It's just not popular. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I do like to experiment and, um, and you know, I like to bitch about America. I know. <laughs> I, I don't I blame like, you. Like, wait, okay. For the people at home, I'm sorry. I'm not anti-American. Look at my shirt. <laughs> there you See go. That? And you that's designed an American, that shirt too. I did for central division. That's an American <laughs> flag. I am a, for the record, I am a fan of America. I do, but, but. That doesn't mean I won't make fun of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And and it's not just the skiing. I mean, we talked we talked on the phone, I think, the other day, and I was talking about what I did with a group last week on the second day. We I had an event and I was gonna go out and I was gonna take some runs and and see how many runs I could take without giving any information of technical stuff or what to do. Oh, that's you know, like your wheelhouse, morning. dude. Uh, that's your, yeah, that's it was totally great. It was like, I didn't have to teach anything. Let's see if I can go all day. Shit. <laughs> Let's see if I can go all day. I'm going, I'm going, okay, I can probably go, I can probably go three runs and then I probably should have to say something. Let me, let me see if I can go two. I'm going to try to go through. I was thinking, I'm going to try to go through. We're on a high speed quad. It was small hills. It's, and uh, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and see if we can, I wanted to see if I could get three runs. I, I was hoping I didn't get to three runs, but I'm like, I think I'm gonna, I'm going to get to three runs. And then they're going to start wondering like, what are we doing? But I was really curious if anything would come out from day one, mm -hmm. it was kind of that test of like, where are their questions? Where are their thoughts? And I was like, I kind of knew where I wanted to go from day one, but then I'm like, I wonder if I go out and do that. Will I miss something. Mm-hmm. Cause we'd had a really good day one. So I, I went out and I did, I didn't even get, I, I think I got like a third of the way through run two. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't necessarily questions. It was just thoughts or something we'd done the day before. Hey, could you mm -hmm. play a little more with this? Or, you know, I was, I had yesterday talked about this and I was wondering this, it was, it was really more um, inquisitive versus like, I didn't get that. It was more, they wanted more from certain things. So it was like, it, it worked out, but it was, I was wondering, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I was kind of gauging it. I can go for a run. There's the warm up. I can go for a second run and they go like, okay, two runs. We didn't do anything. Then you go for the third. I'm like, okay, by the time if I get a third one, so I'm kind of rating how far I could go before I like, okay, I gotta, I gotta alter this experiment. And it worked out awesome. It was, it was really cool because the whole thing, the whole day then came off of that and worked from that with the group for the whole day. And it, it and it got, I, I really do believe it got to the point at the end of day two where I wanted to get to, but it definitely didn't go along the route that I had thought I might have to go to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and it definitely felt really cool to go along the route that they wanted. Um, Cause once it started, I mean, once I let the time happen for that to start, it, it did roll. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if this, I, I, I don't, I know it won't work every time, mm -hmm. but it, it did really flow well. And it was really interesting how much more came from then on them on day two than for me versus where day one mm -hmm. seemed to be more, not everything for me, but I mean, it was definitely more of a get the thing started every run. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it was fun. It was, it was definitely a teaching experience with experience 
experiment that I thought was pretty cool. Well, I mean, there there's an expectation when people pay for a product that they're going to get something for it. So I, yeah. I totally understand why you feel like you need to start at the beginning. Um, yeah. But again, like that product doesn't necessarily need to be information going from you to somebody else. Like it, it can be more holistic than that going in both directions. And I, you know, I, I do this thing every day when I warm up my, my first run of the day, I go, I go up the chairlift, I get to the top and I take a run and I just make observations on the way down, but I'm nothing in particular. I look around with my eyeballs. I listen to what the snow sounds like or what other noises might be going on. Like, oh, why is there music today? Oh, there's a DJ. Why? Oh, it's Saturday. You know, that kind of thing. Are there smells? Is the Waffle Hut open? Like, can I smell Waffle Hut from here? You know, so on and so forth. But that's just what I do because the first run of the day, I want to look around. I want to know what's going on. I see how many people are on the chair. I look at the snow surface. If I'm at another resort, I look at the color of the the uh, pads on the snowmakers and what color are their um, the, the 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 light towers. You know, just taking it all in, right? And so I've incorporated that idea into all of my clinics. So the first run of the day, that's what I do. We get to the top, and I say, "Hey, on the way down." make observations and and by the time we get to the bottom i want you to be able, be able to articulate two of them and then i stop talking and everybody's still looking at me and then somebody inevitably says well, what do you want us to observe and then i inevitably say that's all you get make observations yeah. but then you get to the bottom and say well what did you notice you know and i haven't used any sensory words at all because i want to hear what people say well i saw this i heard this i smelled this i saw this i heard this the snow felt like this but it sounded like this i was surprised you know and then you start to get brains waking up you know what i mean and if it's a two-day event on the second day when i do it get to the top say hey on the way down i want you to make observations be able to articulate two of them at the bottom when you get to the bottom on the second day having already done that with the group they just start man. and it's cool because you get you get insights into what they're paying attention to but the very important piece is that everybody's paying attention because there's a lot of mindless activity that we go through and it's an effort you know not only to get information from your crew on what what sort like where they are right right then and there are they are they watchers? Are they doers? Are they listeners? So on and so forth. But they start to pay attention right from the beginning, you know. And and um, once the information starts to flow from them, it's like you're being seeded with ideas on how to take your day, you know. And like someone like you with depth and breadth, you don't really need to go with a full-on plan. Because in that situation, you're willing to let people sort of steer the ship. And then you just, you just adjust the rudder every once in a while. You know, it's that for me, that's more fun, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, cause you're not doing anything, but you are, I mean, uh, it's interesting. Cause like you can, like you said, you know, adjusting the rudder, it's like when you let it go that much, you have to be careful that it, 
it it continues to go and you, you saw you you saw star wars movies yoda didn't do yeah. shit when luke was training to be a jedi yoda sat on a rock right and just like teased him every once in a while and the dude turned into a jedi yeah. like but that's yeah. that's a great you know it's a great way to think about teaching is to back off and and let people develop and then just if and when they need help just give them what they need to to start going stronger faster you know you know M michael talked about that i think in all three segments we had michael with us you know mr rogan definitely i mean he was constantly going back to that questioning himself you know do i need to back off did i jump in Did i you know they they needed to learn this and and i messed up to learn it was really neat how he kept saying that he always he was always evaluating that which which is great but you know probably 99 times out of 100 or 999 out of a thousand he he probably did perfect but um but he's always evaluating that I had a, and, uh, i'm sorry i had a group the last oh. two days and and one of the guys yesterday it was it was a type of event where the 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 group needed to teach on the second yeah. day they needed to perform for a score and i was coaching them yesterday into that segment for today and i and i said here here's the format i want you to do this like these are the only things you're allowed to say watch me and do what i do <laughs> that was hard it's hard to do to get into that mode but yeah. they did and and one of the guys looked at me and he said do you mean you don't want me to verbalize no he said you don't want any verbalization and i said no i do want verbalization but not from you as the coach i want you to set up an activity and then i want you to elicit verbalization from your students you know hey watch me and do this and then when they come down to you say so what what did you think? What did you experience? What happened? And then as a coach, where do you need to take that? I don't need you to sit and give me a dissertation on the task. I know the task. You just showed it to me. But give your the verbalization should come from your students, you know, as they're working through the concept. And then again, you adjust the rudder. And I and I kind of I I got on this track because of um you know, some of the things you and I've been talking about, and I wanted to talk about this tonight and I'll try to summarize it here for those folks out there going, what the heck are these guys been talking about? Um, which I, I think they'll know, but, um, you know, people are talking about different things they do with students and don't do with students and yelling at each other, whether it's online or, you know, the Facebook musings back and forth of being called study groups. And all I see is people saying, that's wrong. That's wrong. There's never like conversation of, of how to do better or, you know, different ways of doing things. It's like, I get on there and my God, I, when I read some of that stuff, I go, man, there must only be one way to do everything. There must be only one way to teach every single student because all I see here is like, no, that's wrong. You got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. And I don't know. I, I, I would, I think if people want to learn and the, I personally believe that one of the best ways to learn to be a good teacher is to watch other teachers and, and to talk with other teachers, like talk, not like, you know, explain some of the things you're trying to do and, you know, what they're trying to do, watch what they're doing. 
I mean, we watch each other all the time, man. If I'm out on the hill and there's other groups and other staff out there, I'm watching the tasks they're doing. We talk at lunch and going, Hey, what were you doing over there on such and such a trail? You know, and because you can see this, you know, as you're riding the lift or whatever, you can see this, see the staff member doing a demo and then watch the, this, the rest of the group coming down and see the results. So you get to see all of it if you're riding the lift or whatever. And, um, or you're just curious what they're using that terrain for. Or sometimes I'll ask, hey, you were doing that. What did you do before that? Um, or, did, or what did you do after that? I saw you working with that group over there. What did you do with them in the afternoon? You know, curious where you took it to. It's much more of a curiosity. Or that to me is like a study group to study with each other and, and to learn from each other, not like do it my way. Because mm-hmm. the only way to do it is my way. <laughs> well, I, you know, so, social media is like a mask. Uh, you know, on very, very, very many different levels. Like, first of all, you, you have a, you, there's a screen between (laughs) you and those people and they have a screen and there's time element because somebody posted three hours ago. And then, you know, you sneak in at 2am and make some snarky thing and don't come on and check again for 36 hours. But yeah, I mean, that it, it, it is what it is, it, whatever, yeah. it, you know, it's just it, not a lot of learning happening. No, there's, but there's, there is a lot of hostility on there, yeah. but there, there are a handful. I accidentally looked at some, one of those posts one time and there were, there were some good ideas on there, not, yeah. but there was a lot of snarkiness too. But the, here's the problem with that. I think is that all, everybody's got all these answers. Everybody has answers a- here are the answers. You know what I mean? But man, you, I think really good teachers are really good at asking questions. And the the primary mission of any teacher, of any teacher, should be, like the driving force is, know your students. And if all you do is talk at people or type at people, then you don't know your audience. And so how can you possibly provide the right information or hit the nail on the head if you haven't listened and gotten to know the people that you're talking to. You know what I mean? And that in itself should be the lesson taken from that should be listen more and talk less and, and let, and type less, right? Let, when you meet somebody, whether in a class, you meet a group of kids in a classroom, there's 30 of them in there, man. And, and I, I'm guilty of this. I'm not trying to say I'm good at this, but like I can say the words, it's harder to do. You walk into a classroom on the first day of school and you have 30, 30 fresh faces sitting there, you know, you're seven classes a day, 30, 30 kids in each. You have 210 people that you need to get to know. Yeah, individuals have personalities groups have personalities like group think is a reality and and you but most teachers just launch into the curriculum day one here it is it doesn't matter who you are i'm jamming this in your throat i i understand that that's how it has to be in a lot of cases there are a lot of classes where you have to cover this curriculum because there's a state assessment at the end but i really think everybody benefits more if if the teacher takes the time takes a couple days to figure out who's in front of them in that room right then the same thing obviously carries into any kind of sporting lesson like if you 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 meet the what you see what happens it's it's an assembly line mentality these 
these poor people, these poor never evers march out of this rental shop, one boots buckled, their skis are in an X and they're holding them like this and the poles dragging the ground and one of them's under their armpit and they're miserable and sweaty. And you don't know where they're coming from and you don't know what they've done in their in the past and what they're capable of or why they're even there in the first place. And you say, I know you're here to ski, but put those things over there because we're going to march around in your boots for a while. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we just, we don't get to know them. It's like, I got to fill this hour so I can go away. You know, it's just, you got to know your students. And that, that is definitely something that those social media, you know, groups do not allow for. It's just, no. it's just pontification. It's just, yeah. here's, here's my two cents. You know what yeah. I mean? And it, it it's, I'm sure it serves a purpose, but I'll never know. Cause I'm not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I know you read some. <laughs> I accidentally read some. Of it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That's where I wanted us to I mean, that's a great place to summarize this podcast on is 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 learn your students, know your students, and I think a really key one there is you said listen. And and I have a great one there if you if you think of the word wait. W A I T, wait. And whenever you're getting ready to say something, just think of wait. And it stands for why am I talking? Yep. Is it purposeful? Yep. And I think we'll finish tonight's podcast on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the fall line with KS and company here with Dave Capron and my buddy, Angelo Ross.